Howl at the Moon, it's the Digital Wolf Podcast with Jessica, Shelby, and Paul. Now to kick off this episode, here's Paul. Thank you to Putts Bar and Grill for sponsoring this episode. Monica Smith is the bar manager and a big support of Digital Wolf Network. Everyone is welcome at Putts Bar and Grill, 128 East 8th Street in Rochester, Indiana. Digital Wolf Podcast is also being sponsored by WROI Giant FM. Shelby's here with us today talking about her experience from her interviews back in December down in Indianapolis, humanizing the homeless, the forgotten on the streets of Indianapolis. How are you today, Shelby? I'm doing great. Thank you, Moose. What made you decide that you were ready to do, or not necessarily ready, but that you wanted to focus on the homeless? Well, you know, after Jessica and I had finalized the second edition theme to feature mixed expressions of the human form, I knew almost from the beginning I wanted to dedicate a segment that focused on my humanizing people in situations thought to be taboo or misunderstood in society. My first thought was utilizing an expected annual trip to Mexico that me and my family take every year and photographing some of the struggles down there, yet also the beautiful love and compassion and most of all humanity that was shown and lived 16 hours south of the border. Um, With politics today, I thought that was really important, but um, plans changed. Our trip got postponed way past deadline, so the homeless instantly popped in my mind as an alternative. My mind went back to the time mid-January 2015 while in Chicago. Uh, my sister and was visiting from Oklahoma City and desperately wanted to see the bean <laughs> in Millennial Park. Uh, despite the cold temperatures, it was record cold temperatures, mind you. It was probably about negative 16 out, not even exaggerating. It was horrific. Ugh. It hurt. I, I can imagine. That is, that is extremely cold. Right. Yeah, it was, I did not want to be there, but my sister is here, so... We seen the bean. Of course. Uh, we walked past several homeless outside holding signs, and it looked like absolute torture. Um, one woman in particular, I still vividly can hear her robotic-like voice in my head as she repeated, help, help, help. Ugh, still gives me chills. Uh, I will never forget that woman and the helplessness I felt not being able to really do anything to help her or make her more comfortable. So many people are quick to judge them or act like they aren't people. Comments like, get a job. Well, maybe if they weren't so lazy or it's their fault or they'll use money for drugs. You know, it just, they're scam artists. The list goes on. But do you really think these people enjoy almost dying daily from freezing temperatures? Like, really? Um, Do they realize that somebody, that's somebody's son, somebody's sibling, somebody's loved one. Do they realize the people they're walking by on the streets are humans? They're people. I'm a frequent visitor of Indianapolis downtown. It's the city I was born in, and there's just something about it. Indy will always have my heart. In the summer, my family and I walk around the circle and explore. My son always insists on going in the comic book stores, and I always insist on making at least one conversation with one of the dozens of people living on the streets downtown. Maybe all they need was one, hello, how are you? Maybe all they needed was that one smile that made them feel like they exist, like they're still human, like they matter. I set my sights for Indianapolis December 19th, 2019 with my hubby, despite it being much colder than the day before. The wind made the 21-day degree feel like it was single digits, and instead of parking at our usual spot downtown, we parked under the mall so we wouldn't have to walk outside too much. Monument Circle is normally a hop-in place for the homeless in the summer, But in the winter, I noticed it was pretty empty. 
I decided the mall would be our first start, and if we couldn't find anybody in that area, my plan B was to go to the shelter instead, but I really wanted to hit somebody that was living on the streets. Looking out the glass window on the second story of the mall, I spotted my first person I knew I wanted to interview, sitting in a large blanket on the corner of Washington Street. Her sign read, homeless, not helpless. You know, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous, but as I left the warm mall and approached that woman outside, she opened up to me right away. I told her I, who I was and about Digital Wolf and the story, and she identified herself as Ashley Mason. She's from Texas. She'd been homeless for about three months since she'd moved here from Texas. Her boyfriend approached us as we talked. They had moved so he could be closer to his daughter for child support reasons. They had a place lined up and left everything they had in Texas, uprooted completely to Indiana, only for that place to fall through. The only place they had to go was the streets. She had her social security card or birth certificate with her, just in case anybody offered her a job, but they kind of just walked right by her. She was ready to work. Desperate to work, really. And her boyfriend? He lost his birth certificate and social security a few months back. They were trying to raise at least $15 to get his documentation so he could go to work one and get a job. Since September, the couple had been living in a tent community with the other homeless in Indianapolis under a bridge on the White River right by the zoo. I gave them $5 and wished them good luck. She pointed me to a couple who had sat about a half block down to get more interviews for my story. Before I could talk to them, another gentleman by the name of Cliff overheard our conversation and jumped right in on his experience. He'd been homeless for a few years. After his divorce, he had nothing, and he bragged on how much he loved his kids, so he knew he had to do better for them. He slept in a tent community by the river for a year and a half, and now... Although technically homeless, he still had a, a job and somewhere to stay, a couch to crash on. But it was somewhere to stay, regardless. He went on and on about the hardships of these misunderstood people, and as I stood outside listening to them for the short time, the feelings in my hands and face started to go numb from the cold, and I felt like I understood a little more, too. This was not fun. This was not easy. This was painful. I eventually made my way to the couple named the Newlyweds. Tiffany and Billy were happy to talk to me about their hardships. They'd been homeless since Tiffany was released from prison a few months before. People don't realize how hard it is for felons to get a job and stability after prison. They too lived in the White River tent community, but for the week, a pastor had paid for a hotel room at the Hilton. The Hilton is not just a regular hotel. It is nice. It is a fancy place to stay. So um, seeing the couple wrapped up in the blanket on the street, a pastor stopped and talked to them four days prior about God. He knew they didn't have the money for a wedding or to legally get married in the courts, but he married them in the eyes of the Lord right there on the streets, and the hotel room was a honeymoon gift. Since it was so nice, the locals verbally attacked them because of this, labeling them as scammers. Tiffany said the hotel staff was just as bad and made it very clear they were not welcome there. Because of this, begging had been hard that week. They didn't want money at this point. They just wanted food. They hadn't eaten in more than 24 hours and were starving. Wow. Yeah, it was horrible. I told Billy to follow me and asked him what he wanted from the food court in the mall. He said a coffee would be amazing and he didn't care what food, as long as it was food. Uh, he told me more of the hardships, how a gang of men had been jumping them on the streets for what little change they had and beat him the night before, showing me his arms and the bruises. How another homeless man was stabbed for the same thing the week prior. How he'd never thought his life would be this way and all they needed was a little help and they'd be okay. But it was hard to find that as felons. 
two large coffees and a big bag of Taco Bell burritos later. He didn't have to tell me thank you 20 times like he did. I could just see it on his face. I warmed up in the mall for a bit after that and walked around with my husband before venturing back out in the cold to find a few more people to interview again. Walking back outside, I ran into Billy and Tiffany again almost instantly. This time they greeted me by name. I absolutely love that. Tiffany had a new thick red coat on and was lighting a cigarette. She had accidentally spilled the coffee all over her and was soaking wet, so a passerby took off his coat and gave it along with the smoke. She looked somewhat happy, despite the circumstances. She chatted more about how hard it was to be on the streets, especially for women. Tiffany told me on Facebook there's dozens of groups to help homeless, but 90% are scams. Many sex traffickers target women, asking for sexual favors or sick compromises if they wanted a place to stay. Something I had never really thought about before, but it didn't make sense. I turned around and there stood Dean, another man part of the crew. You could see on his face he had a hard life. He was 55, but he looked much older. His face looked battered. I wondered if he too had been a victim of the mugging Billy had told me about. I asked him to tell me the story and with tears in his eyes he told me he had been homeless for two-thirds of his life. Two-thirds of his life. Wow. Yeah. That's just something that's like hard to even comprehend. Right. It definitely makes you grateful for the life you have. That's for sure. Definitely. <laughs> it all started when his parents split up, he said. He was put in foster care, being placed from one horrible foster home to the other. He ran away at 14. He finally got stability and worked at Steak and Shake for 22 years, but after his divorce, he lost everything. He's been homeless ever since. His tears filled up a little bit more, and so did mine, to be honest. I reminded him he was still a person, and his life still mattered. I asked him when his divorce was. He told me 1990. Wow. That's the year I was born. <laughs> that gave me chills. He has not had a warm bed to sleep in since the year I was born. Yeah. Uh, Dean's story definitely pulled at my heartstrings the most. It wasn't the drugs that got me here, he told me. It was the lack of foundation. Uh, whether that's true or not, it doesn't matter. He's still a human. Exactly. The final person I interviewed that day was inside the mall entrance and used to work as a traveling door-to-door -door magazine salesman. He was from West Virginia. The van would drop the crew off for the day, go state to state, and then pick them up later. And in 2005, while in Indianapolis, he missed the pickup time and hadn't been able to get back on his feet ever since. He stayed here because despite the cold, it's still better than West Virginia. I left them all that day with an empty feeling in my heart and a new understanding to these people. I think it changed my husband's mindset, too. They are living people and should be treated that way, despite the taboos. They have feelings and needs just like us. They are human. My hopes for putting them in the magazine was to open everybody else's eyes by taking a closer look into their lives as human beings. They're not bums. They're not worthless. And they're not invisible. You know, a lot of people don't seem to think of Indianapolis as being a place where homeless would be at. Most people think, you know, the big, big cities like, you know, Washington, D.C., New York, things like mm -hmm. that. People just don't realize that it's in your hometown. Mm -hmm. It's a lot closer than you think. Yeah. I mean, Indy's an hour and a half south of here. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's homeless shelters in South Bend and Kokomo. They're all over. Yeah. So. And I know I've sat with my friends who even at the lowest of lows in their life, they're, you know, oh, well, you know, I've got a roof over my head. And so yeah. everything's fine. And I'm like, well, you know, you're right. It is. Mm -hmm. You woke up. Exactly. That's a great thing. Exactly. 
it's got to be, you know, hard for these folks. I can only imagine how many times they must have thought, what if I didn't wake up? Mm -hmm. And with the cold temperatures in the winter in northern Indiana, I just definitely need more homeless shelters. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. Especially, you know, Billy and Tiffany. That's true. I have friends who made dumb mistakes and now Mm -hmm. they're struggling to get a job. They're not acting like they were when they committed those felonies, but they still can't find a job because people don't want to realize, oh, just because they did that once doesn't Mm -hmm. mean they're that way now. When it's on your application, basically thrown away. Yeah, definitely need to uh, realize that everybody's a person. Yep. And don't judge off of the past. Give the new person a chance. Yep. You don't know what trauma uh, that they went through to get them where they're at. So. And if you're curious about more um, about what we've been talking about, you can read more about humanizing the homeless on our website, www.digitalwolfnetwork.com backslash post backslash humanizing dash the dash homeless. And remember, they are people and should be treated that way despite the taboos. They have feelings and needs just like us. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Until next time. Keep howling at the moon. This has been the Digital Wolf Podcast. Stay tuned for another episode and be sure to pick up the latest edition of Digital Wolf Magazine online at digitalwolfmag.com. Digital Wolf.